Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast, where we talk about everything One Direction, from news to album updates to the weird thing Harry did on stage the other night. Talk Direction, by the fans, for the fans. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash talkdirection. There they have over 180,000 downloadable titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Talk Direction Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. This week, we will be recommending you check out One Direction, Who We Are, our official autobiography, which is a book narrated by the boys themselves. So if you want to hear about their lives from before X Factor and through their journey of being in the band, this is a great option. Or if you simply love the sound of Harold's voice to fall asleep to, check out One Direction, Who We Are, our official autobiography. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash talkdirection. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash talkdirection for your free audiobook. Welcome to episode 35 of Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Sarah. And I'm Johanna. And this is our 35th episode of Talk Direction. So as you guys can tell, uh, Kara's not on the episode today, which I tweeted out earlier, um, but her internet died last minute and it won't be back up until Sunday. And as a lot of you guys know, Kara's in England Um, so this makes recording a lot harder and she couldn't find a space to like record alone and you don't want to like plop yourself down in the middle of a library and be like, okay, let's record talk direction. Um, so the, on the positive note though, we have two of our awesome listeners, Sarah and Johanna here. Um, you guys might remember them from the walking in the wind episode that they did a couple weeks back. Um, and they've so graciously come on last minute and I just was tweeting them. It was like, oh my God, guys, I have no one. And then, you know, they were both available, which was absolutely great. And I thank you guys so much because I don't even know what we would have done. Um, so, <laughs> Thanks yeah, for having thanks. us on again. No problem. It's great that we have people. So like if we're in a bind or something, um, plus it's always good to have more, more opinions because Karen and I can sometimes be a little one-sided, I think, on things. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to update, do a couple update type things. Um, Firstly, I want to say thank you again for the birthday messages. My birthday was last Wednesday and every listener tweeting me made it so great and made me feel so loved. So that was really nice. Um, And in terms of One Direction birthday gift things, um, I got Between Us, which is the latest One Direction perfume. Um, And I thought it hadn't been released in like the smallest size, which is the one I wanted, but then it had. So that was really nice to get. And it just reminded me because I don't know if you guys remember this episode, but like way back in the beginning, um, we talked, I don't know if it was the first episode or something, but we talked about between us the perfume release happening. And I just remember specifically like really researching it because it was like one of the first um, cause I plan all the documents. It was just one of the first things I had to like research for One Direction. And I, it was just, it just like brought back memories and now I actually have the perfume. So that, that was really weird. Um, and then also we want to reiterate that, uh, our episodes are going to be uploaded on Thursdays now. I think last episode, uh, we were unclear as to what that was, what the day was going to be, but now Thursdays will be our upload day. Um, and then our giveaway, which we had going for months on months, uh, is actually now closed and we're going to be picking winners soon. So make sure you look 
um, out for us, for a message from us on whatever platform you contacted us, whether it was Twitter, Tumblr. I know people emailed us. So just like look out for an email from us and we'll get your address and information and stuff. And then we can send you the prizes. And thank you guys all for participating in that. That was really great. And I think it's so cool because I'm really excited about the prizes. And I may have bought a calendar for myself as well when I was uh, buying the the prize things to give away. Um, and then, oh my gosh, this is hard doing all this intro stuff without Kara to take over some of them. I'm not good at talking all at once. Um, <laughs> but the next one we have to say is that you'll have heard at the beginning of this episode, we decided to do um, advertising to try to pay for what we have to spend for the show to have the website hosted because it costs $15 a month. Um, and we're students, so we're trying to do advertising to try to make up for that money. Um, and we talked about it a little bit more on last episode, the intro in the intro of last episode. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go listen to that. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that the um, link to our Audible is audibletrial.com slash talk direction, um, which I'm not sure why trials in the name, but I just wanted to point that out um, for people who are trying to do the free month um, download of something from us. Um, and then I think we might be doing something with that in the future with like book club type stuff, especially because the first book we recommended was a One Direction book, which, um, is cool. And we'll be able to talk about that. We might be incorporating that into some of the bonus episodes. So, um, if you're interested in that, check it out. And before we get into news, I just want to preface this episode a little bit. We will be discussing Diana. We haven't done a song discussion in a really long time. And um, we thought, why don't we do like a throwback song? So Diana is coming up. But before we get into that, let's go through some of the news. It's weird because now that One Direction isn't like they're on hiatus or whatever, there's not so much news coming out all the time. Um... But there were some stuff with the Grammys that happened on Monday. Did you guys watch the Grammys? I watched the red carpet, but not the actual Grammys. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the best part. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I just kind of checked in on things on Twitter and stuff because I had class during the red carpet and then I couldn't access the Grammys. Right. So I had like so many different like tabs open and the Grammys offer you like all these weird camera angles of the audience. So you have to like, have like those ones open plus the actual show open. <laughs> it was just like a lot. And then I'm listening to like two different audio feeds for like the red carpet where you're trying to like catch the people that you care about. So oh, like yeah. I have mm-hmm. Ryan Seacrest and then like some other woman and it's like I only care about certain people but yeah, so anyway, none of the boys attended the Grammys, uh, based on what I could see, um, but they did go to pre-Grammy parties, so Harry and Zayn went to the Clive Davis pre-Grammy party, um, where Harry's friends with the Azoff family, and he's friends with, um, I don't know, Ir- Irving Azoff was receiving, like, this big Lifetime Achievement Award in music, and Harry's good friends with him and his son, um, so I think that's why he was there. And Zayn was just at the party, but they weren't photographed together. So it's like weird if they like met up or knew that they each were there. I must, they mean, they must have known that each other was there. Um, but yeah, let's talk about like what they wore because that's always a big thing. And I know, Sarah, you have your blog that talks a lot about fashion, which is always great to read. So let's go through first Zayn. 
the most striking thing is that Zane has pink hair now. What do you guys think of this hair? I love it. I just, I love pink hair in general, and I just think he looks so good with mm-hmm. it. I really love it too. I think it looks really great on him. And then especially later on, he dyed it brighter, which was even better. So Yeah, I love this hair. And like, it's right around Valentine's Day in February and just like pink is the way to go. I think it looks so cool. And especially contrasting with like such like the dark roots. And then he has like the bright pink. Yeah. It's just so good. Um, And then he was wearing this nice white button down with they look like really silky pants that have like drawstrings, but they're fancy. And then like a belt, maybe that looks like a piano. A little yeah, bit. I definitely I thought that was his underwear at first, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I th- it looks good. I guess like, it looks interesting. <laughs> looks good. Um, and then Harry's outfit. He wore uh the Landvin is it is there a better way to say that Landvin or is that I have no idea <laughs> okay I uh, I don't know L- Lanvin um, okay suit that he had previously worn to the NRJ awards the music awards in 2014 so I don't know if it's like I'm pretty sure it's the same exact suit based on the Twitter Harry wore what which is a really awesome Twitter and everyone should go follow it um but yeah this time he wore it with a white shirt underneath rather than a black shirt underneath um, and what stood out to me, I mean, he looked great, was his hair just looks so long now. It's, like, super, super long. I know. Um, Anytime I see any new picture, I'm just like, wait, is his hair actually that long? I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. I'm always a little jealous because I'm trying to grow my hair back out, and his hair seems to grow, like, uh-huh. an inch every week. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. Do you like it? Do you guys like the long hair look on Harry? Oh, yeah. I really, really like it. His curls, just, man. Mm. He's bringing back long hair looking guys, I guess. Um, And then Louis went to the primary wave pre-Grammy party. um, And he wore his classic, like, black pants, black blazer, and a t-shirt, which is what he tends to wear. Um, And he has his soft fringe, which is nice. I guess when he doesn't have Lou Teasdale there to do his hair for him, you go with the (laughs) soft fringe look. Um, and then I didn't see any photos of Zayn or Harry at after parties, but Louis was also seen at the Sony Music Entertainment post-Grammy party, um, and he was photographed with Megan Trainer, who was, um, she won Best New Artist. Um, so yeah, that was cool. But what, all this Grammy stuff really just got me thinking about the boys and the Grammys, and they've never attended or been nominated or presented or anything like that. Um, but I really want them to, and I just, like, I just wanted to talk about, have, like, a, like, little discussion about whether we think any songs from Made in the AM could potentially be either nominated for Grammys, or could they get, with this next, like, this new album, like, any nods at the Grammys or anything, just because it became, it came out late this past year, so it wouldn't really be, um, that viable for a lot of um, the Grammy awards, but do you guys think it could be potentially or no? Um, go ahead. I will, oh, <laughs> go ahead, Joe. Um, I think that I definitely thought that Drag Me Down as a single was going to be nominated for something. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. sure anything else on Made in the AM. Um, and I guess it was up for nomination, right? Or something like that. But 
Yeah, I think it was, like, some of, like, maybe Drag Me Down was, like, presented for nomination. I don't know. But things, like, that come out late, like, Adele's mm-hmm. album came out a week later. Hers is really going to be considered for next year's Grammys, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think if I had to say anything, it would have been Drag Me Down. And because that's already kind of, like, been a thing, I'm not sure. I think the Grammys tend to lean American first and then kind of look outside the country. Mm-hmm. So, um I don't know. I, I really want them to be nominated for something. I know. That would be great. Um, and then I just like, even if they could go and present something or just go and show up, you know, there's know. a lot of people that go to these things, but you know, they're not even there. I just want more red carpet events for them to like go and look nice on, you know, more floral suits from Harry, anything like that, honestly. Um, but I guess the next question is for Zayn, his upcoming album that's going to come out on March 25th, which honestly is almost a month away. It's crazy. Um, but he has the potential to be a really big artist based on his first single release, which has done really well and is still like charting really high on iTunes and Billboard and whatnot. Um, so he could be the... Uh, nominated for a Grammy for um, new artists because while he's in One Direction when you sort of break off and do your own solo stuff you become your own artist so could you guys see him being nominated or winning best new artist for next year's Grammys? I definitely could I kind of think he's kind of doing the Justin Bieber thing who I know won his first Grammy so I could see him kind of going the same path as him. Mm-hmm. Yeah I could I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, um, just because he's so known and big as well. Like, if it does well, I think a nomination would be, you know, expected almost. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's not expecting it, but, you know, I think that could be something in his future. And I think any of the boys, when they go solo, they have the potential to get that, like, new artist thing because their stuff will have so much backing from so many people already mm. that it's bound to do well. Like, Zayn's going to do well with his album release, you know, just because there's so many people that know him already, which just makes you a candidate when you do that well. And I think all the boys have that potential. Um, And it's just weird to think that, like, 10 years from now, you know, Harry as a solo artist could be performing or, you know, One Direction could perform at the Grammys. That would be cool as well. Um, who knows what, like, they'll do in this next year. I mean, if they're kind of away from each other and on a break, then maybe they're not, like, um performing their new songs and ready for grammy type stuff but maybe you know grammys could be like a comeback performance for them in next february that would be really cool that would be awesome (laughs) um so next story is that one direction was the top mentioned artist on twitter in 2015 which isn't really a big surprise um they were followed by taylor swift then drake then pitbull etc um, and I just want to, like, reinforce the idea that the 1D fandom is the most active on Twitter, for sure, like, compared to other fandoms. I think 1D um, beats everyone else out, which is really cool. And not not as a competition thing, but I think it just shows how much support there is and how international we are and really wanting to, like, participate in social media and in the fandom in general. Um, do you guys have any comments on that or...? not particularly i'm not surprised either yeah um this is what happens when news gets slow guys (laughs) um uh the next story is that one direction was on jimmy kimmel's mean tweet segment 
um, the music edition. And this is a, uh, a segment on his show where celebrities read mean tweets about themselves, um, which is a little bit harsh. I mean, some, some of the tweets are funny, but then some of them I'm like, oh, and then you can, I don't know. I don't think they really mind because I'm sure they get so much hate anyway. So they're like used to it, but <clears throat> you never know. Um, but people at first, when they heard the boys were going to be doing this, they thought maybe the boys would individually be reading tweets and were like kind of getting a little defensive. Um, but then what actually happened was Niall read the tweet and it was about all the boys together because they like just splice a whole bunch of celebrities reading tweets about themselves. Um, it's not just like focused on one. And the tweet that the boys got was, don't understand the world's obsession with One Direction. What is attractive about little boys with gross hair and skinny jeans? Um, and at, like after it was read, Harry was some said something like, "Okay," or like "All right," or what did he say? I forget. Did you guys catch that? It was like uh, I don't remember what he said. It was some like little comment, yeah. like sort of agreeing with them. I don't really remember, but. Um, but this tweet was from a really long time ago, and people were unhappy with the fact that this was the tweet. Uh, so, of course, the 1D fans were like, that wasn't a mean tweet, and they decided to trend hashtag 1D roast, which has actually trended before, um, where it's pretty much the 1D fandom roasting the boys and making fun of them, but, like, in a nice kind of way. It's not, like, super mean stuff, um... But some of my favorites were, um, did you guys scroll through this, this trend at all? I actually didn't see this when this happened. I don't know where I was. Um, well, you should go check it out because it's pretty funny. It's mostly, a lot of it's based on pictures, so it's hard to like talk about, you know, all of them. But I just listed a couple as my favorite. And a lot of them are tweeted by many, many people, so I didn't credit them all. But... Um, the first one was the gif of Niall bouncing a basketball into his own face where he like just throws the ball down and it comes back and hits him in his face. And most people's commentary was like, I need to, I don't need to say anything after this gif, like Niall's roasting himself. Um, and then there was pictures of Liam's Madame Tussauds, Tussauds wax figure, which I don't know if you guys have seen them, but when they came out for the first time, um... Liam's was shockingly um, weird looking. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, it didn't quite look like him. Um, and people have made fun of that for a while. Uh, another one was of Liam's, like, classic dance moves. And just when you, it was, what I saw was a girl imitating Liam's moves. And you can see, it just, like, really sets in the point that he is, like, such distinctive classic moves that he uses, which is funny. Um, and then the last one, this one's from at Louis T side. Um, and with the, the, uh, caption, do you remember summer 09, which is, um, a, a lyric from rock me. Um, and there's pictures of all the boys, I guess, in the summer of 2009 when they're all really young looking and weird. And <laughs> I don't know, it's just, I think it's funny because in the song rock me, um, they're, like, looking back to the summer 09 as if they had this, like, great love and they were, like, having sex and all this stuff. And really, in the summer of 09, these boys were, like, 13, 14, like, super young. So, um, I just, I appreciate when the 1D fandom, you know, roasts the boys themselves. I think that was funny. Um, okay, so now moving on into the main discussion. 
Um, like I said earlier, we're doing a song analysis on the song Diana. Um, and we haven't done this in a while. And, you know, it's kind of a throwback Thursday as our episodes are coming out now on Thursdays. Um, but we had a listener write in on Instagram, wolfgirl underscore directioner, who suggested a number of older One Direction songs to talk about. And we decided to do Diana because this song means a lot to the fans, I think. Um, and just, I think it can have a lot of different meanings in general. Uh, so it's a good one to dissect because when they're, um, lots of people have different ideas of what it means. So it makes for an interesting discussion. Um, and this is the third song on Midnight Memories, which is One Direction's third album. And it's sandwiched in between Story of My Life and Midnight Memories. Um, I don't think, like, the placement of songs on Midnight Memories is as interesting, probably, as Made in the AM. But, you know, it's always good to have order of things. And this song was written by Julian Bonetta, Scott Ryan, Louis Tomlinson, and Liam Payne. And um, it was actually a promotional single, which I didn't really realize. I think this was sort of coming... Did this come out? This came out in my first year of college. So, I, I mean, I was, a, I was a big One Direction fan at this point, but I don't think I like, would know all the different, like, promotional singles and, like, know when things got released early um, at this point in my fandom experience. I know you guys weren't in the fandom at this point yet, right? No. No. Yes. So you guys came in more, like, around when Zayn left the band, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, a couple months before, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, I didn't know it was a promotional single, but I think it actually leaked before it got released i mean most of the songs for one direction leaks before they get released um but yeah because this song is a name song which is always interesting whether it be a song written after a name like olivia or a song that has a name in it like best song ever and georgia rose i think that's always really interesting because the question sort of becomes who is this person is it a character is it a made-up person is it a real person um and, like, what do they symbolize or what do they mean? Already when I hear Diana, I think of Princess Diana, especially with this song. Um, like, everyone knows Princess Diana, and that has a lot of meaning. So, like, even when they're choosing the name, they have to think about all the people with that name. Um, do you guys think of any Dianas or think of anything interesting when you hear that? Just the title of the song? I, I always think of Princess Diana, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't not, you know, yeah. with with something like that. Diana's not that common of a name. It's not like it's like Emily or something. Um, so, especially with what this song means, I'd say. So, a lot of interviewers, of course, were asking the boys and the songwriters about who Diana was. Um, and Julian Bonetta, one of the songwriters that has continued to write with One Direction, uh, said... He can't tell. It's definitely about somebody. Maybe one day somebody will tell, but we can't tell. I think that the lyric probably pertains to what a lot of the fans are going through and feel. People feel like they're, o they're alone, and that's what their escape is. Twitter and finding people that also relate to them, and everyone finding each other from different parts of the world that are going through the same things. I think it was kind of pretty accurate 
a kind of pretty accurate description of the loneliness someone can feel in such a hu huge world and someone saying, hey, I feel you. I know you're there. I notice you. It's okay. You're not alone. Um, so this to me sounds like it is about someone because at the beginning he goes, can't tell. It's definitely about someone. So it makes me think there's someone they're thinking of when they wrote this, but I, I don't think that affects what the song can mean to people. I think you can just take it however you want. Um, and then we have Louie, who, when he was asked about the name, he actually said, we were actually working with a few different names for the chorus, and the top of the list was Joanna. Is this one Joanna? Do you yeah, think? I, yeah, I think so. I think so, Joanna. yeah. Joanna. Okay, so this one's Joanna, not Johanna. Um, so we're going to choose Joanna, which is actually quite close to my mom's name, and it felt a little weird, so we changed it to Diana, which I can totally understand. You wouldn't want to be... I think Louis's mom's name is Johanna. So you have Johanna, Johanna, and Joanna, um, which I guess, you know, jo Joanna would have been too close to Johanna. Um, so they've changed it to Diana. Um which I guess is good that there's a lot of names that rhyme with that. You have plenty of choice. Not like Olivia. Olivia, I don't think anything rhymes with Olivia. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then in terms of, like, the fans' interpretation of the name and of what it means, um, people definitely took it to mean this was sort of a gift from One Direction to their fans that might be struggling with things like mental illness, depression, um, and uh, I don't know, there were people did a lot of speculation, maybe even eating disorders, different things like that, that this was the song for them. And they were, the boys were either intended to write it for them or after they wrote it, sort of wanted to dedicate it to the fans. And I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't find the interview, but I know at some point I saw an interview where Louie was asked, like, if, I think it was Louie, or the boys were asked if they had purposely written it for fans, and they said that it wasn't intended to be, like, written for fans, but that they really liked that fans were able to find that sort of meaning, and if a song helped them through really big things, um, that that would be, like, really special for them and really nice to know that their, their music can, can help people in that way. Um, so I think that's really cool. And, and it was weird today when I was on Tumblr, um, I was just scrolling through and I came across this quote that someone had put, um, it was some 1D thing that said, when will people stop acting like Diana didn't save all our lives when it leaked? And I never see anything about Diana on Tumblr. And I just stumbling up upon this when I had just like finished my song dissection of, uh, this song was really... It's weird. Um, and it just reminds you that Diana was a really big thing for fans. And I think it did help a lot of fans, whether or not the boys intended it to have that meaning. It takes on that meaning when, you know, people listen to it and bring it into their own lives. Um, so I think that's really cool. What do you guys think of that, of it being sort of a, a gift to the fans and, and being a support system for them? Um, I really like that. I think, um, a lot of One Direction music resonates like that for a lot of people. Um, and I think it's, I, I think that it's, it's great that we can all kind of come together around a band that means so much to so many people. And that's why we have such a close fandom. 
Yeah, I definitely think it's really cool because I mean, anytime that anything can help you through something difficult in your life, that's just a really amazing thing. And but that being music, that's just even better. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think it is cool. And I think um, there's just different songs take on meanings for different people. Um, And then it can become something like that and it can grow to become something in the fandom. Um, And I think more recently, Harry also, um, during the live shows that they performed at, I think at ours maybe, which was the Boston show, and I saw a couple different ones online, where during the performance of Diana, that was when Harry paraded around with the rainbow flags. We know he sort of, after I think some of the Canadian stops, it became tradition for him to take a rainbow flag from the audience and like wrap it around his shoulders and skip down the catwalk with it um and he started to do this sometimes during diana whether that was accidental and it was just at a time in the show when they were on the catwalk or it worked um i'm not really sure but whatever it, it still takes on a meaning when it's paired with a song like diana where it already means so much to the fans and then you're showing support for the lgbtq plus community um by having this rainbow flag and i think it just goes well together to have um, that sort of rainbow flag moment during this song. I think it adds new meaning to it, um, which I always love. And then what else do we have? So regardless of it being, you know, what the songwriter intended, it, it, it takes on meaning with listeners. I think that's sort of key with this song and with a lot of songs. Um, um, so I know this song came out before you guys were um, fans of One Direction and, and you've probably heard it before, but sort of going back with like fresh ears and taking this new listen, um, to it before when you were starting to dissect the song or just preparing for this episode, though I only gave you like a couple hours, to be honest. Um, what did you glean for it on a first listen, either from a while or just like thinking about it in a different way? Do you have like initial thoughts or do you remember hearing it for this first time? I certainly don't, but I don't know what you guys, you guys think. I definitely didn't really remember it at first. I know that I was just kind of listening to Midnight Memories and Four all at the same time. And this song definitely didn't Mm -hmm. stick in my head or anything. So I didn't really have a connection Mm -hmm. with it particularly. I definitely... It wasn't, like, one of my favorites, like, going through all the music for the first time um, and, like, listening in the car and things like that. Like, it wouldn't, like, stick it in my head. But I think um, I liked it more and more uh, the more I heard it when I actually started, like, sitting down and listening and, like, looking at lyrics while I listened to the music and things like that. Um, it, I think it meant a lot more to me then. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I always find that when I do lyrical analysis as analyses on songs, like I, I take so much more meaning, which is what I really like about this podcast. I really get to think about the songs in a new way. Um, but I don't think when I first heard it, um, I don't think it meant anything super special to me. I think I just, it was sort of a middle of the pack type yeah. of song. I didn't, it wasn't one of my favorites off Midnight Memories. I really loved like Story of My Life and Strong and Happily. Those were some of my tops, but I wouldn't say it was one of my least favorites. It was just sort of like in the middle for me. Um, but I do think like having it take on meaning for the fandom makes it take on more meaning for me personally Definitely. too, just because um, you can yeah. see what other people are mm-hmm. experiencing with it. Um, 
So let's just get into this lyrical analysis of Diana. Um, it'll be really interesting because you guys weren't fans when it came out to just see if you have like different ideas of what it means. Um, but we we touched on the topic the the topic of the title before, um, how it how it really you know it brings thoughts of Princess Diana and it's a name and who is she, who is this person. Um, but I think you have to remember also that, like, like Harry says for Olivia um, on Made in the AM, it doesn't necessarily have to be a person and it could be more of a feeling or a place or an emotion, um, which is, I think, an interesting interpretation to keep in mind. Because if it is for the fans and how the fans, inter a lot of people interpret it, like Diana wouldn't just be one, you know, person. It would be um, a lot of people. Uh, do you guys have any other, like, ideas about the title or what do you guys think of the title of it being a name? Do you think it's good to have songs be named after people? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely, I always kind of like what a song is named after, um, people. I'm not sure why, I guess just because it makes it a little more like original or kind of memorable because, um, you know, a lot of mm -hmm. songs are kind of sung to like a general, audience so when there's a name it's just kind of I guess it's kind of a fun like change of pace um and yeah and it definitely mm -hmm. makes me think of Princess Diana I think that's um maybe maybe kind of the reason it never like stuck out to me as much in the first place because I think that I didn't kind of really sit down with the lyrics because it just like, like I, I would every time I hear, hear it I just start thinking of like Princess Diana and that's kind of what I got from it so I didn't bother to analyze it as much I think mm -hmm. I definitely feel you on that because I'm pretty sure when I would listen to it it would be just like Princess Diana Princess Diana so it wasn't really like a huge motivation to go look into it more mm -hmm. yeah and I think what was I gonna say um and I think songs that have names like you were saying Johanna like they add meaning just because it like makes it more specific and it makes you feel like it's a real thing that happened and like or a real person they're talking to and not sort of this like wishy-washy general baby or yeah. like girl you know um so like it it adds like um depth mm -hmm. to it I guess to me it makes it feel feel like a more real person rather than just an experience that happens to a lot of people um so the first uh verse or stanza or something actually it starts with harry singing diana um so the music sort of fades in to me it sounded like a movie theater like it's like starting like when it like when you go to the yeah, movie theater i could definitely know, yeah, yeah, i, I got um, what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm like describing random sounds um but like it makes you feel like something's coming like something big's coming and he's like calling her name so you already hear him sort of reaching out to this Diana, like, calling into the abyss, Diana, or whatever. Um, do you guys have thoughts on that initial Diana, why they would start with something like that rather than just jumping into the verse? I think it kind of sets the mood of the song. So, like, you know that it's about a person and that they're already calling out for them, so it kind of just sets the mood and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the first verse, which is Liam singing. And the words are, the front pages are your pictures. They make you look so small. How could someone not miss you at all? 
And then there's a, oh, oh. <laughs> but it's sort of a little bit after. Anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, this verse, Liam starts us off for real. And for me, this sounded so boy bandy. It, it just like, after listening to Made in the AM and then going back to listen to old songs, it really like, it's very boy bandy soundy sounding or like pop rock it just very classic like old 1d like the it just like embodies the maiden the maiden not maiden the midnight memory sort of era um i think this song really represents what the album is on a whole in a way um so let's get into the lyrics um the front pages are your pictures to me this meant newspapers magazines it seems like this is someone famous who's on the front of everything, a front of newspapers, um, and then they make you look so small. Like I don't, I don't know. What did you guys? First of all, did you take the the front pages are your pictures? Did you have a different interpretation of that? I didn't see it as somebody famous, but more like I don't know somebody in the news, but not necessarily famous. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I like that because now that could carry out throughout the whole thing in a different way. Oh, that's so good. I I definitely saw it more as like someone famous, but I definitely like that interpretation. I think that's that's a good view mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, because it's also interesting when people who aren't famous get into the news. So like, why did they get into the news if they aren't yeah. famous? You know, right? Like, what happened? Um, so then we have you physically look so small. So to me, this took on a couple of different meanings. Uh, firstly, that it could really. No, sorry, not you physically look so small. (laughs) (laughs) Those aren't the lyrics. Um, They make you look so small. So for the first one was physically it looks small on the page. Like, you know, it could be just a small picture of the person on a a newspaper. So like they make them look so small. Um, It also could be like not a very important person. Or it could be something where it's making them look small as in their personality or simplifying who they are. Sort of like taking this whole complicated person and making them look like this like little picture small sort of this is everything they are um and i don't know what did you guys take take that because it's interesting small as in size or something else yeah i definitely relate the most i I think of it most as like that third one of those where it's like i think a lot of times if especially if it's like if it is someone famous or even if it's just someone who's like in the news they'll like put someone in there and then they like tell a story but they just kind of like they based on like one story or one event or something they kind of like build this personality for someone and it's and people kind of assume that's what that person is like whether it's a celebrity or something else and judge them and I think this Mm -hmm. is kind of like you know like they make you look like you can just be summed up by this one action but you're so much more than this and they don't really know who you are I definitely took it the same way as a personality thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it, I think that's more, I mean, physically is kind of a little bit silly (laughs) if that's, that's all it was. Um, uh, But then we have, how could someone not miss you at all? So it seems to me the speaker is like seeing them wherever they go. They keep seeing them and maybe like, how could someone not miss you when they're everywhere and they're all over the papers? But also, like, that was my first sort of interpretation. But then the more I thought about it, to me, 
it meant like they were sort of looking at this picture of this person in the newspaper and maybe reading a caption that went along with the picture or reading like the headlines that talked about um, someone, you know, being over this person or not missing them at all or, you know, someone they were with being like, oh, they don't need them anymore. You know, you always in those like whatever magazines like crappy magazines are always like oh so and so like is living without them and they don't need them and they can be their own person and so it sort of seemed like this person was saying how could someone not miss you at all like if I were with you if I knew you I would of course miss you um but then that brings into play like how does this person know Diana how does this person are they like were they friends were they once together or is this just someone looking at a random Diana in the newspaper and sort of projecting this whole story onto them or thinking about what they would do if they like were in in each other's lives um what did you guys take off of all that I definitely thought of it more as an emotional connection or like that you're gone or something and then they're missing you or seeing you this is just so not eloquent um like they're just not there and they want you and they're like how could somebody not miss you when you're not there i i definitely agreed with your interpretation of things caitlin with um just like they're like kind of seeing them everywhere and also i thought it was i hadn't thought of like the newspaper articles like those tablet articles like oh so and so is over so and so and like um and i think that's a cool interpretation Mm-hmm. Yeah, because to me, I just when I when I interpreted the whole thing, I took it more as two people who didn't know each other, rather than someone who knew each other, like or or knew of like were friends or were together at one point. To me, it was so much like someone looking in at someone else's life, um, which I think works in in ways for for if it was just one person and if it was a fan as or if it was like for the fandom as well. Um, but also, like, it could be someone that they were with and now they're no longer with or no longer know. That, like, brings up a whole bunch of stuff from, like, Made in the AM where the whole album sort of themes around um, being with someone and then no longer being with them, whatever capacity that is. Um, yeah, so then I don't think I had anything else about this verse. Um, did you guys have anything else? Nope. Okay, so let's move on to the next verse, which is Harry. Um, I never would mistreat you. Oh, I'm not a criminal. I speak a different language, but I still hear your call. Um, So here we have uh, them comparing, I think, themselves. The, The singer is comparing themselves to whoever mistreated Diana or mistreated this person or being or whoever it is the people um where they're saying I wouldn't mistreat you if that was me if we were either in a relationship or if I knew you or whatever I'm not a criminal now I think criminal is a very strong word choice and I don't know if it was you know purposeful that they're like oh let's use criminal because it has this exact meaning or if it just like fit the song well but like let's (laughs) pretend it's all very like let's just be one of those teachers that read into a lot of things um so like if if this they're using the words criminal mistreat i mean those are strong words and that definitely makes you think whoever mistreated diana did something that was 
not something little, not something to be taken lightly. If they're, if they're, if they are a criminal, if they have mistreated, which could be, uh, abusive, whatever capacity that is. And I think the whole context of the song makes me think that it's not like, oh, they just like, like lied to you or broke up with you or, you know, forgot to give you a Valentine's gift. It like makes me think it's something, you know, much bigger than that. Um, so I don't know. Did you guys have an interpretation of criminal? Do you think the the person who mistreated Diana was a criminal or is it just sort of a throwaway word? I definitely thought of it as a criminal and kind of like an emotional, I guess I kind of took this entire song in an emotional personal kind of way. Like they emotionally hurt you so much that they're calling you a criminal, mm-hmm. but not like what you actually did was technically a crime per se. Mm-hmm. I, I would interpret it pretty similar to that. Um, I could definitely see it being something like like domestic violence or something like that, um, especially in this verse. But I think I, yeah, I would interpret it more as like like how could, like just playing with your emotions like that is criminal. Like it's so it was you know, it's mm-hmm. you shouldn't treat anyone that way and things like that. Right. Right. And then this person saying, I wouldn't do that if I were like in that person's place. Um, and I think the, the, the line after that, I speak a different language, but I still hear your call is so, so interesting. Um, because to speak a different language can mean many things. It could mean, firstly, that you actually are from different countries. You don't speak the same language. Um, <clears throat> so you can't really uh, talk in the same way. Or it could mean... Um, you're in sort of two different worlds and you don't, you can't like adjust to that world and you can't understand everything going on in that world. Like say someone who's not famous and someone who is famous, you can't necessarily speak their language because you can't understand it unless you are in their shoes in that way. Um, So like that could be different things. And I know fans took this very much as, you know, One Direction fans are so international and whether the boys speak their language or not, they're still able to connect with them and, like, make an impact and listen through their music to show that they care. And, and like, even though neither the fans or the boys might speak each other's language, they're still connecting and they're still communicating in that way. Um, and this was really what fans were taking as, you know, the boys hearing them call to want help and want to have someone to talk to whether whatever they were going through, whether that be um, a mental illness or just, you know, difficult things in their lives um, as sort of this bridge of music, I guess. Uh, What did you guys think of this line? Because it's so, it's so interesting. I took it from a fandom perspective that the boys are always there for you, even if you're from some other country where their native language might not be English and they can't really or they don't speak the same language, but you're still connecting together as a fandom through their music. Um, I also, I can also see it that way. And I also um, just, just kind of like, depending on how I'm looking at the song, I can also kind of see it as like, maybe they, they can speak the same language, but they're, um, you know, like they're they're just not in the same place in life or they're from like different groups of people. So uh, they can't really connect to each other and thinking of it more that way. 
Right, yeah. And that also, the the end, the tail end of that line, I can hear your call. Does that mean that Diana is calling out? Are they calling out to this person, like, like actually calling to them where, you know, they can hear each other or just sort of through this newspaper or... Like, they're calling out to the public or, or just, like, by their... The person, the singer, is sort of taking whatever this Diana's actions are to be a cry for help, even though it might not be a purposeful cry for help. Um, there's that sort of... There's a bilateral type of thing going rather than maybe just one-sided. But I don't know if it's just an interpretation of a cry for help. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think of that actually as, like at a concert when everybody's just screaming like when the boys come on stage or something mm-hmm. I like that that's good yeah I definitely see it as kind of um you know like like a cry for help like I think when someone has you know some sort of mental illness or they're going through something at home and they they need help from someone maybe they don't know how to say it I think there are signs usually and um I kind of see it as that way that like like I can, I can see that you need help. I can see that something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and in, in a lot of ways, this person can't reach them and help them, which is very sad yeah. about this song. There seems to be a disconnect. You know, we don't speak the same language, but they still hear the call and want to do something, but maybe they can't. Right. Um. So then we get to the chorus. Diana, let me be the one to light a fire inside those eyes. You've been lonely. You don't even know me, but I can feel you crying. Diana, let me be the one to lift your heart up and save your life. I don't think you even realize, baby, you'd be saving mine. Oh, oh. (laughs) Uh, So in terms of sort of sound for this one, Zane and Harry are quite heavy. I heard mostly Zane for the chorus. Um, which I find so strange because with Made in the AM, we've been going through the songs and obviously Zane's not on the album at all. And Harry does a lot of the choruses. And I think um, in Made in the AM, the choruses are very much led by one person, not just Harry, but whenever there is a chorus, it's very clear who's sort of the main singer. But on past songs in One Direction and going back to like some of the first uh, albums, it's not always so clear who's leading the chorus and there's a lot more sort of duality, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know, just in general, it's more of a mixture and you can't discern them as easily. <clears throat> but did you guys hear Zane at all? Are you guys good at discerning 1D voices? Or I know because Zane, you didn't hear him as much when, um, I guess, mating the AM, we've been listening to that so much. I'm a lot worse at older songs like all the Mandy AM and I'd say most of four I can usually tell them apart but like getting into Midnight Memories and Take Me Home I'm not Mm -hmm. quite as good yeah I would Mm -hmm. I would say I'm about the same I can actually usually tell Zane apart I think his voice is pretty distinctive but um I do I I do I, I have an easier time with the the newer stuff telling them apart and I think it's partially just like the type of songs and the way they're produced and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so then this, so let's go into the analysis of this, this chorus part. The first part, it's like really addressing Diana. It's saying, Diana, you know, listen to me. Like they're trying to talk to this person, whether or not Diana's on the other side listening, I don't know, but this is definitely sort of addressing her. Um, and, 
apparently uh they've been lonely <laughs> like i don't know they want to this the singer wants to be the fire inside those eyes and i think eyes and fire are imagery that one direction uses all the time um i think of what is it um the the song from made in the am oh drag me down do they don't they talk about um you know the fire inside someone's eyes or like the light inside people's eyes and wanting to be that light uh, i know we dissected it a while back but um i feel like those are always imagery that one direction uses definitely because in drag me down it's i've got fire for a heart and so this is fire inside mm-hmm. your eyes mm-hmm yeah, okay. I'm glad you're on top of things, not me. <laughs> like, bumbling around. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I think this person's saying they want to be the person to bring life back into Diana and, and make them feel things again. Diana's been lonely, apparently. Um, but again, this is someone who's sort of projecting this on diana it's not letting diana speak for herself so it's someone else's interpretation of diana's behavior which always makes you question the validity so this is sort of a like a um what's the word when a narrator is not trustworthy oh i feel like there's it's an unreliable narrator that's what it is um where this person's saying these things about diana but this isn't diana talking for herself so we can't really be sure how diana's feeling Um, especially when this person says, you don't even know me. So here it, it clarifies that they don't really know each other. Um, I don't know. Did you guys interpret that in a different way? Maybe they do know each other or do you see that as sort of distinctifying, making it distinct that these people aren't, you know, friends? I definitely don't think these people know each other, especially with the, you don't even know me. And then like the, but I can feel you crying. That makes me feel like, even though maybe the speaker doesn't actually know Diana, that their behavior is so blatant that pretty much anybody can tell that they're mm-hmm. upset or there's something going on. Yeah, I think I think even if you do interpret it that these people know each other, um, saying like you don't even know me could you know it could mean that um, they just don't know each other very well, like they've met but they don't really like they haven't really like talked to each other. But even then, I feel like. If they haven't talked to each other, then he doesn't know, she hasn't told him her emotions or where she's coming from. So it's still, um, it's still kind of him judging how she's feeling. But I do think that, like, but I can feel you crying um, is kind of strong, like, oh, I can still see that you're emotional, but even though we can't be sure. Right, right. Um, Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Uh, And then we have, Diana again so readdressing her let me be the one to lift your heart up and save your life so here I see this I like I like the lift your heart up I really like that because I think people can do that for you you know someone comes in and lifts your heart up and makes your spirits better um, in whatever capacity that is sometimes it's just like listening to One Direction or watching the One Direction movie from sort of a fan perspective or um whatever or you just see your friend and your your you know your spirits are lifted if you're going through something that's tough and difficult um but i don't like the save your life because i don't think someone can save your life for you necessarily um i think it i think maybe people can definitely help you on your road to you know getting better but i don't know if someone can save your life and from from this if diana was saying 
oh, so-and-so really saved my life, I would, I would take that, I would take a better consideration of that and say, okay, wow, this is coming from Diana. But this is sort of this singer seeing, or whoever the speaker is, seeing this person from a distance. They don't really know them and they sort of want to go in there and be like, I'm going to save your life. I know what I can do to like make you better and make you not feel sad anymore and do all these things. So I definitely question that line. Do you guys have problems with that line or, or yeah, do you have a different I interpretation? I agree with you there. Like you can't save somebody's life unless you're like physically pulling them out of the way of a bus or something. Right. So, Wait, maybe that's what the song's about. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely think that it's not the best choice of lyrics. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I think it's kind of, it's presumptuous, like, everyone's emotions are different. So if it is emotional, like, wanting to save their life, um, emotionally, it's, it, you can't really know, again, unless Diana was speaking, you can't know how she's feeling and how what you could do could change that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many things we don't know about Diana, you know, like whether I it, for me, it feels like there's someone that did something wrong to her. And maybe that's what the speaker's feeling. But you don't know everything else that's going on in that person's life. And especially if it's being portrayed through the media, if it is sort of this celebrity figure, you don't, as we know, we look up to celebrities and think a whole bunch of lot, like a whole bunch of things about them. But a lot of times our, our opinions are based on so little so it's like, how much do you really know about what's going on right. with Diana? You know? And I, yeah. that's something, I think that's something that I like, I come into contrast with on this song because towards the, you know, because there's a lot of lines that make it clear like, oh, like you don't really know me. We don't speak the same language. Um, but then also when they talk about like, this is kind of contradicting with um, when they talk about like the front pages and they make you look so small, that to me makes it sound like they kind of know the person. Like, how could they know that the front pages are making them look Mm. um, different than they really are if they don't really know what they're like? It's kind of like they're assuming they know what they're like. Um, Right. That's so interesting. I think think it's just kind of a conflict in the lyrics. Right. And that might mean there's multiple storylines or, you know, you can interpret different stanzas to be different things and and maybe not try to, like, mesh them all together in one one thing, which I think a lot of people like to do. But, like, when you know there's, like, five people writing on a song, it means that there might not be one storyline. It might be more of sort of an emotion thing or people are pulling from different experiences. Um, So I think, yeah, that could sort of help with that thing, I guess. and then the, um, I don't think you realize, baby, you'd be saving mine. So this is like, again, sort of going into that, um, in what way are they trying to save their life? And how would Diana be helping them in return? So like, if it mm-hmm. is like, I want to go and be in a relationship with you and, or like meet you and, you know, I can save your life and then you'd be saving mine because, like, A, I wouldn't be worried about you anymore, or, like, B, because I'm going through something that's really difficult, and I know if I'm with you, that would make it better, or is it just, like, trying to connect in a different way, sort of in a in a fan interpretation where they're saying, like, listen to my music, like, that'll help you, and in, in that way, if you're listening to my music, that'll help you, and it'll help me because, you know, the fans and the boys sort of work together and they both need each other, and, like, the fans are super important to the boys' career, and, you know, like, I'm sure their happiness and all that type of stuff, so 
I don't know. How do you guys think that this per- Diana will help the the singer in return? What is this saving that's happening? I think that um, it's kind of like this person just doesn't want to see Diana being in pain. And that, like, if they know that they don't do anything about it, that they're just going to kind of be really mad at themselves. Like, I could have helped them, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, they're kind of saving the other person's life. And I think also it's kind of a way to maybe try to empower Diana. You know, like, oh, like, like if I'm going to help save your life, um, and again, this is kind of presumptuous, but, like, if I'm going to help save your life, then, and, like, you can help like help me too like it's not just a one-way thing sort of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make it more equal in the relationship um okay and then we have harry doing the whole diana sort of desperate plea thing i don't know i feel like is he calling out in the abyss or is he just singing her name or do you have like these rep- repeating of Diana that aren't in verses or choruses, do you guys have feelings about those? Or do you think they're just sort of added to make the song sort of more full sounding? Um, I'm not really sure. I guess, I guess I could see it going either way. Like, I think the emphasis that this is supposed to be like an actual person, um, definitely comes more with the repetition of the name, but also just like the style of the song, it does seem like it may just kind of be, you know, to make it flow better and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think it could go either way. I haven't actually really thought about it particularly. So I guess that kind of makes me lean more towards it's just a stylistic choice. But mm-hmm. So then we have, it goes into Niall's verse. Or I guess, I feel like these are verses where two people sing. I keep, I'm, we're yeah. keeping them separated, but who, who knows what they're actually called? Not me. Um, but Niall sings, it's only been four months but you've fallen down so far. How could someone mislead you at all? Oh, oh. Um, and this is so interesting because the four months is such a, like, that's a marker in time. That's, like, very clear. It's been four months. But, like, four months since what? You know, four months since a breakup with this person who mistreated Diana, four months since not seeing Diana, four months since whatever bad had happened, four months since something... I have no idea. I don't know how to interpret it four months because, like, it doesn't seem so specific for a lot of the song except for, you know, Diana being a person. And then we have this thing where it seems like maybe they know them, you know? Yeah. I definitely see it as, like, it's been four months and some sort of really bad thing happened because the line after that, you've fallen down so far. That's, like, Mm -hmm. it's only been four months since this thing happened, but look at how far down you've fallen and you're just, like so upset. oh it's so sad yeah <laughs> i see it pretty similar to that like um especially when you go back to like maybe someone mistreating them and here it says again like mislead some so like something happened and they've fallen down really far and again that kind of maybe goes back to the beginning where like they make you look so small like maybe they're kind of like like hurting and like the media's making them look small but they're also in a bad place Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely took the falling down that could have been, like, falling down in the public eye or, like, personally sort of struggling with a lot and, and falling down in that way. And it actually reminds me of Long Way Down from Made in the AM, mm. where, like, something great has been built up and then it's, like, a long fall from there just because something was built up so, definitely. like, highly, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
And then we have, how could someone mislead you at all? So this to me is saying like, how could someone have manipulated you and misled you and taken advantage of you? Like, I wouldn't have done that. Why would someone do that to you? Just sort of like an exasperated, like, how could someone do this to you? Like, but again, not, not to Diana, but sort of about Diana. They're not talking to Diana, I don't think. Um, even though this is very much addressing her, I don't think it's actually like in conversation with Diana. Um, and I guess I think this could just be relatable to a lot of young fans too, who could be, you know, manipulated in different things in their lives and in whatever capacity that is. Um, what did you guys think about that line? Yeah, I, I definitely see it pretty much like that where someone, um, obviously like, like they're more kind of like expressing anger, like they're mad at this other person. Like, how could you do that to this person? Um, and and kind of like I would never mm-hmm. do that to you. This kind of almost makes me feel like they're addressing the person who wronged Diana. Just like how mm. could you mislead this person? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like that interpretation. It'd be interesting to carry that like throughout the whole thing. If this was sort of addressed to Diana's um, wrongdoer, I guess. Yeah, be interesting. Um, so then we go into Louis's verse. Or the second half of this verse, I guess. I want to reach out for you. I want to break these walls. I speak a different language, but I still hear your call. So we have the repeated line at the end, but the I want to reach out for you. I want to break these walls. It's you have that sort of idea of this person really wanting to do something to help Diana, but not being able to because there is a wall between them. And they want to break through, but they can't. And it could be that sort of wall between famous people and not famous people, or just because they don't know them. Or for me, like, if I were to say, like, what the song was actually written about, it would be someone who's probably sort of famous seeing someone else famous as well, you know? Like, I don't think it's necessarily someone who's unfamous just because the people who have written it are sort of in that sort of world where I'd say Diana is in that world as well. Um, so it seems like there's just some wall that they can't, like, they don't know each other or, you know, they don't run in the same circles. Or if you look at it from a fan perspective, there's definitely a barrier between the boys and the fans. And while the boys can try to cross that barrier, it's never going to be where, you know, every fan can be friends with the boys and share their emotions and talk to them about what they're feeling and what they're going through. So, like, as much as you might want to break the walls, you can't, you know? Is that what you guys saw it as? Yeah, I definitely interpret it as a fandom thing. Because I know, I think it was Niall in some interview, at some point he was saying like, oh, I just want to meet all the fans. Yeah. And like, I think that's kind of reminded me of this. It's just like, I want to get to know you. I want to break these walls, but I can't. I definitely think I see the whole song more from like, it's maybe like a celebrity and another celebrity kind of view. Um, but I definitely see the fandom thing in these lines and just, I think that's a, a great meaning for it. That probably means, that can mean a lot to a lot of fans. Because um, uh, I think the boys really do, they care, but they just mm-hmm. can't meet everyone and they can't, there's so many people that they just can't like hear everyone's problems, but maybe it's kind of a way of letting everyone know we're here for you, even though, you know, we're not, we can't be here for each of you specifically. Right. And I think it's interesting that the boys decided to keep Diana in their set list for so long. Like I said, Kara and I heard it live at the Boston concert we went to in September, which is their latest tour. And 
that they they're still singing this song even though it's from Made in the AM. And when you look at other songs, other songs like Happily and Strong got left off of um, when they were making new playlists. So like, why did they decide to... I mean, I think Happily and Strong were there when we saw it or Strong was, but I think they ended up dropping them. So like, just why do they decide to keep some songs? And maybe this song in particular, they know means a lot to the fans and it has taken on that meaning and they understand that. So like, they're really keen to keep it on and be able to have this as a way to say that we want to be there for you in whatever way that we can be, even though we can't like see each other personally. I agree too. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So yeah, I think... It's just an interesting verse. It definitely makes it more, like, desperate for the person to want to be with the person and reach out. And and I want to reach out for you is very much a supportive thing and not necessarily, like, a romantic relationship, but more of, like, I want to reach out and be there for you. Yeah. Um, which I think is cool. And then we go into the chorus again. I don't think it's different, but I've been wrong. I don't so see do you guys see different. differences in this chorus I from the other not. chorus? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because I've made that mistake. Um, then we go into the bridge, I think it's called, with Harry. Uh, and he sings, We all need something. This can't be over now. If I could hold you, swear I'd never put you down. And this is another sort of part of the song that makes me confused as to what it means. Um, I think we all need something. That could be, we all need someone there. We, like We all need something to help get through things we can't just do it alone everyone needs a bit of help sometimes um did you guys what did you guys see as that because something's sort of a blah word so it's not it's not a great descriptor of something yeah I thought probably just like we need someone kind of like you said to just like help us Mm -hmm. through everything Mm -hmm. I uh, I definitely agree with that first line I think we all just yeah we all just need something to help us get through and something to help us cope Mm-hmm. And, like, I think sometimes it's people don't always want help, but maybe this is saying, like, we all, like, everyone needs it. You know, we all need it. Yeah. Um. But then, and then the next line, this can't be over now. I don't know how you guys interpreted this, but, like, to me, I was really confused. Like, is this, is this a person saying, like, I can't just give up on not being able to help you. Like, this can't be over. I can't just pretend, like, I don't see you struggling, even though I can't reach out to you. Sort of, like... I can't just give up. There's got to be another way or like this can't be over now. Something that they've had with Diana, maybe a friendship or something. But like I've said, like in the past, I don't think Diana knows this person. So I was really confused about what this meant. What did you guys interpret it as? This entire thing really confused me because the, this can't be over now. If I could hold you swear, I'd never put you down. That makes me feel like this person did have a relationship with Diana, even though they've mm-hmm. previously said they don't know Diana. Right. And it's just like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, um, it definitely seems to me like this kind of links back to them knowing, which is confusing. The only other way I can see to interpret it is kind of going back to like, like this person is really in a bad place and maybe kind of, like seeing them in the media and seeing how how far they're going down and just being like you know this can't be over this isn't the end of you doing great things and you can still overcome it Mm -hmm. and and does do you think it becomes like presumptuous to be like um if I could hold you I'd never put you down sort of like interpreting if they don't know them interpreting what they can do for Diana 
Like, I don't know, it just seems like... I mean, I really love this. I really love the lines. If I could hold you, I swear I never put you down. And I think from a fandom perspective, you know, the boys saying, I wish I could like hug all our fans. I know we see a lot of, um, there's a lot of things about Harry hugging fans and really like never wanting to let them go. And it's just really sweet. Um, but there's also sort of that other creepier side. If it's like someone looking at someone else famous and they're sort of in the same realm and they're like, if I could be there, I'd hold you and I'd protect you and I'd save you when they don't really seem to know Diana. And like, maybe I'll say that about Harry and be like, oh, you know, like, oh, I want to hold Harry or whatever, but I'm not like super serious. And this is someone who's written a song about it. So it, it like, I don't know. Do you guys find that weird or? I definitely find it a little strange. Like you're mm -hmm. pretty, I'd see it as like, I'm going to protect you whether you want my protection or not. Ooh. So... Like, you're just going to have to deal. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, like, I think because, because this line kind of establishes, or, like, the song kind of establishes that they don't seem to know each other, the lines almost come off kind of creepy, you know? Like, uh, like, oh, I, like, if I could hold you, like, I'd never let you go. Like, I'm going to keep you forever. I think they're really sweet lines if you know the person, you know, like, and you know they need help. It's like, you know what, I'm going to hold you and never let you go. It's like, you know, like a mother to a child or like, you know, someone who's helping you through a hard time, it's very sweet. But because it's kind of established that they don't seem to know each other, it's kind of like, that's weirdly obsessive. Mm -hmm. I don't know you. Right. Right. And and especially because you do have, in parts of the song, there's, like, uh, them wanting to be with them in a romantic relationship and not just, like, like a friend-pal right. type of thing or... Like you said, I could see, like, my mom looking at maybe some young, like, child actress star in a newspaper and being like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, someone who's, like, gone through a lot of stuff and being like, oh, I wish I could take you out of that bad situation, so, you know, like, from a motherly perspective. But this seems like they're more the same age to me. It's not like a, an older person, a parent, and a child or anything. It seems like there's yeah. on a sort of similar level. Mm -hmm. Um so it is kind of weird. But, you know, I love those lines as well. So it's it's hard. Because from a fan fan type of perspective, I really do like that. Even though the boys don't know the fans, I think it's still, you know them enough in, in sort of this, in this One Direction fandom world where that would be Definitely. a sweet thing. Um, so then we go into the chorus again. And again, I don't think there's any differences here. Um, until it fades out into the end of the song where it's just sort of some ooh-ah-oohs and Diana's and some more ooh-ah-oohs. And then Diana, baby, you'd be saving mine. So that repeated line, then some more repeating oohs and Diana's. Um, so this is just, to me, this is them sort of calling to Diana, um, singing the song to them maybe, showing like that this song is for them. I never know with song interpretations, do you sort of acknowledge the fact that this person's written this song and is this a song for Diana or is it just a song about like Diana? It doesn't have to do with the fact that um, the person's also writing the song. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you, do, you, do you take into consideration that this person's now written a song to Diana and is this like a gift for Diana or is it just separate? I don't know. I think... To me, at least, like, the name more just makes it obvious that it's um, a specific person, so not necessarily a gift a gift to Diana, but just kind of about experiences with specific people. And I think, again, it kind of goes back to the fact that there's mm -hmm. um, more than one songwriter, which 
I think sometimes like shows up a lot and like how the lyrics are kind of conflicting it could be because there's more than one story going on um right so i think that's a part of it Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely agree with you there joe um so yeah this finishes out the song and it's just like listen listen to me hear me hear me calling i'm calling back to you sort of um do you guys have any other wrap-up lyrical things before we get into the music I i think that's pretty much it nope Okay, so let's move on to the music. What does this song sound like? I guess I said, this is me, this is an example of me answering my question that I just asked. I've mentioned it on Twitter and Kara's always like, no, like I never hear you asking questions and then answering them. This is a point when I'm doing that. So (laughs) what does it sound like? To me, it sounded quite poppy and rocky. Like I said earlier, like sort of the epitome of Midnight Memories and it reminds me of the sounds like on Little Black Dress or the song Midnight Memories Um, and sort of conflicting with the lyrics. It doesn't sound like a sad song. It's pretty upbeat and there's guitars and like it's very electric and drums and while the lyrics do have like more sadness to them so there's that contrast which makes me question what the lyrics do mean. Um, but what does this song sound like to you slash instruments used? Because I'm not good at instrument type of things. And I know, I know Johanna plays an instrument, right? Sarah, do you play? I think I asked I used to play time. the viola in okay, high school. Was. Okay, so both of you are better than me. So you can talk about this better. <laughs> um, I definitely agree. This is pretty much like Midnight Memories era, like the pop rock kind of stuff mm-hmm. they were doing around that time. And yeah, and also it's really upbeat and very like, yeah, upbeat. And it's just kind of, it definitely conflicts with the kind of sadder lyrics, which is interesting. Yeah, I I definitely think that it's um, it's very upbeat, especially for the lyrics. Um, and I think when it comes to instruments, like you can hear first and foremost, I hear that really kind of like synthy like computerized sound but I also like I can hear that there's like drums and guitar going on but I think it's also um really kind of produced which is like what that album is it's a lot of that like pop rock kind of um using you know like kind of meshing the instruments and things like that it makes you really appreciate Made in the AM. Although, like, I loved this era. I, I really liked it and at the time it was great but it's so cool to like move past like more like what do you say overproduced type of sounds and I know like with four steal my girl had a lot of that and people didn't like it as much and then perfect has more of that overproduced sound um and I don't think that's such a fan favorite or infinity as well um compared to things like uh uh, Olivia or walking in the wind they they're much stripped more stripped back so it just made me really not not just appreciate, but like recognize the differences in the eras and being like, wow, they have come a long way because, you know, as you listen, as you go through, you see them grow bit by bit and you don't necessarily recognize like the big stages of growth. So I think this song in particular Definitely. really shows that. Yeah. Did you guys see any musical influences on this besides just sort of pop rock in general? I am terrible at influences, so no, I did not. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely the same way. I didn't really see anything. I, I do think, like, it fits well with the rest of the album, but I didn't mm-hmm. see any specific, like, outside influences. Yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of a moot question. But yeah, like you said, sonically, it just sort of reflects Midnight Memories for me. Um, do you guys have anything else to say musically about it? No. 
So let's go favorite lyrics. Um, I feel like we just discussed this one, but I my favorite lyric is, if I could hold you, swear I'd never put you down. Just because I love the imagery of that, of wanting to like wrap someone up in your arms and hold them and never let them go. And I think if it's taken in a not creepy way, it's really beautiful. And I know I feel that with like the people that I love in my life, if like my sisters, sometimes you just want to like, you know, take people that you you love and want to protect and like wrap them up and never let anything harm them. Although it's unrealistic, like that's what you want to do and you want to, you know, keep them safe. So those, those would, that would be my favorite lyric. How about you guys? Uh, my favorite lyric is probably the, let me be the one to light a fire inside those eyes, just because I love the fire imagery mm-hmm. and just kind of sparking something inside that person. That is also my favorite lyric because I just, oh. um, I just picture, like, I think, like, when someone makes you really happy, like, and you can see when someone's so happy and their eyes just, like, light up, and I just think of it like that, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, being with someone and their eyes just light up and you, you know, and just being really close. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you guys both picked the same one. And that imagery, One Direction loves the fire imagery in the eyes and stuff, so. I know. You'll be happy that they carried it out through every other (laughs) album and song that they've ever done. (laughs) Um, So let's do this rating out of 10. Now, this is so hard, especially because we have now this sort of made it the AM scale we've been following as we go through song dissections. We're sort of, you know, comparing songs on made in the AM together. And now we have to look at like 1D as an overall and like, how does that change our idea of what each numbers mean? Um, it makes it very hard to, like, do this song, because, I don't know, like, I wouldn't say it's a bad song, but, like, when I look at different ratings I gave songs on Made in the AM, like, if I gave something a 6, then Diana is not going to be a 6, it's probably going to be lower than a 6, but I don't really know. So, I'm anyway, I'm giving this a 6, but, like, it's so hard to compare it, you know? It's almost as if you need to do scales based on each album. It's hard to, like, stretch it into 1D as a whole or stretch it into music as a whole because then it changes everything, you know? I don't know how to do scales, so I'm just going six and I won't think too much about it because it'll just make me frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely say this is a middle-of-the-pack song, so I'd probably give it a six or a seven just Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's, like, something super special and especially with, like, Made in the AM and stuff, it's kind of hard to look at it, like, well, this isn't as good as, like, If I Could Fly or Olivia or something like that mm-hmm. off of Made in the AM. But right. it's still, like, a decent song, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my first instinct is definitely a six, and I think it's kind of in the context of the album, maybe. Because, yeah, it's hard to compare it to mm-hmm. Made in the AM. Um, but it is it is kind of, like, it's not my favorite, but I don't, like, dislike it, so I think it's kind of right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we all agree on that. Um, just, you know, you get a sort of feeling about it, but it can't always explain. Um, so in terms of a music video, um, I think, I mean, for me, I don't know if I'd want to see this be a music video just because I think the song does have so much meaning that in One Direction's music videos are usually based in sort of a comedic type of thing. I think like one of the only like real serious ones, you know, Story of My Life had some serious things. Um, you and I had, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> funny, but it wasn't like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay, maybe you and I was a little bit comedic. I don't really know. One Direction goes for that route more often. Um, so like, I really wouldn't want them to mess this up with this song. Cause I think that could be 
when it when people are using it to talk about like uh, mental illness abuse and self-harm I think that could be a weird path to go down but I don't know if like I don't know what would work you know I don't feel like the the sound of the song the happy sound would work with something that was more serious for a music video so I almost don't want to see it as a music video but like maybe you guys had some really good ideas so you know, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) There's absolutely nothing coming to mind because I agree. Like, I just can't see this as a music video whatsoever. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think, I think when it's a music video, like either it's something kind of like random and fun, or there's kind of a story to it usually. And I just, I'm still like, not Mm -hmm. totally sure if you can kind of find something that really um, works for the whole song that, like mm-hmm. a storyline that really kind of sticks through the whole thing. So, and it's obviously, it's such a serious song. Like, even though it's upbeat, you couldn't really do something really like, like fun and like whimsical. So I'm not sure just, I just don't know what it would be. So I, I couldn't right. think of one either. Yeah. I think the song jumps around too much for it to really make a cohesive video. Mm-hmm. And also One Direction in the past hasn't used, um, like women as um like as part of their music video unless it's like a side type thing and i'm not saying diana's a woman but like you know putting another person into the music video doesn't happen often and if you were going to go through this as like a storyline there might be some type of diana um so again that like makes it difficult because that's just not one direction style usually it's just always revolving around Mm -hmm. the boys um so yeah, do you guys have any other things to wrap up this discussion or should we move on? I think we're good to move on. I liked this going back and discussing an old song. I think it I again like it brings new meaning and it makes you want to like dissect all old songs and take them to heart. And I wish at the time when these came out like I had been doing that. Um, but I think it's cool. And I think we'll, as we go forward and continue to discuss Made in the AM song, because obviously there's a ton more to discuss and some really important ones to discuss. I'm excited for Olivia. And I know Kara really wants to do What a Feeling. When when we were talking about which song to dissect on this episode after she knew um, that she wouldn't be on, I was like, do you have, like, are there any songs you don't want us to touch? And we had already mentioned doing Diana. And she's like, just as long as you don't do What a Feeling, I'm good. Um, <laughs> So there's definitely songs we're really looking forward to, but it's always nice to sort of go back and and I think that and compare them to older songs because it brings up new ideas about Made in the AM and I'm definitely looking at them differently and seeing the differences in one direction um, based on time. So we'll we'll be doing this more often, I think. Um, but let's move on to recommendations. This week, I am actually recommending Sarah's new YouTube channel, which is the Cotton Candy Unicorn. And I've written four words down to describe it. It's relatable, chatty, funny, and feminist. Um, so everyone should go check that out. And also, Sarah is now a writer for Celeb Mix. Um, so you should go follow her on Twitter at Sarah underscore Marie underscore 67 or at the Cotton Candy Unicorn, and there's underscores in there somewhere. Um, But uh, yeah, so she's writing for them, which is really cool. And the new article, the newest article that she wrote um, was about a band called Transviolet, I think. But Sarah, you should go and talk about all this right now, because I'm just sort of talking for you. Talk about your channel and your writing and everything, because I want to hear about it. Okay, so the YouTube channel is mostly, I've just gotten into YouTube a lot recently. I 100% blame Johanna. 
And I was just like, you know what? I am feeling motivated. I should start a YouTube channel. And so then that just kind of created itself. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of like little pieces of my life and stuff that I don't really want to write a blog post about necessarily, but still want to kind of talk about and discuss. Mm -hmm. And then the celeb mix thing is just, I wanted some real world experience with writing. So I applied and got accepted and I'm super excited about it. That is really exciting. I can't believe that. I'm so happy. I feel like I'm so (laughs) glad that also that we sort of all met like at this time where like Kara and I started this podcast and like you're starting your blog, Johanna. And then, you know, Sarah, you now have YouTube and your blog and you're writing for Slev Mix. I just think it's so cool. I feel like this is like the start of something and it's just gonna, you know. I know. It's exciting. It is really exciting. There were hand (laughs) motions for listeners who couldn't see that. Yes, they are very good hand motions. (laughs) Thanks. Um, But yeah, so everyone go check these out. We'll definitely link them when we put out the show and put them in the, um, on our Tumblr and in the show notes and stuff like that. But we're going to be tweeting as well. And I've been tweeting about it on, on our Twitter anyway. So I'm sure most of you are most of the Twitter followers, sorry, have seen this as well. Um, but Sarah, do you have a recommendation this week? I do. And it is actually another YouTube channel. Um, Lethargic Bianca on YouTube. She is a YouTuber, obviously. And she posts videos that are Sometimes related to One Direction, but sometimes not. But the One Direction ones are just fantastic. And I know she went to the um, Jingle Ball Dallas one, and she was freaking out because it was the last show in America, and she was filming, and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm crying, and all the people around (laughs) me are judging me. But you know what? This is an emotional time, so you guys can just deal with it. And I'm like, see, that would be me if I was at this Uh place. So she's really cool, and you should go check her out. All right, and then I... um, This is something... I think you had written down, but I'll mention it. It's, um, so this is actually what Sarah wrote her, her last uh, article on Celeb Mix about, but it's a band called Transviolet, which I think Harry has recommended them before, right? Yeah, he tweeted, um, nipping at my heels, but I'm young, so I outrun him, I think, which is a lyric from one of their songs. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're a great band, and they're LA-based, um, and they're set to release their first full album, sometime in early 2016, so now-ish, and um, we were, Sarah was writing the article, and she was just sending me some quotes um, that they had said in interviews, and they're just great people, and they really care about um, current event issues and things like that, so definitely look at Sarah's article, and definitely check them out, they're on Spotify, so, or... I will definitely be listening to them. I, like, like I said, I think on a couple episodes ago, or last episode with Walk the Moon, like, I love bands that are into things that are going on in the world and using their, their music to, like, help make social change and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they just sounded so cool from, based on, like, the article you wrote, Sarah. And um, I'm just, I'm excited. And, like, you know, also when artists haven't put out a full album, it means you can get into their stuff and like not feel like you have to go back and listen to like six albums and you feel totally overwhelmed. But like when it's sort of someone coming up, there's just more of a chance to really get to know Definitely. them, I guess. From I the get go. I was I was so upset because nice. they toured around America a little bit last year and there was one I'm in Colorado, so there was one in Denver, which is a little ways away from me. Um but I was 
I was, I, I was, if I had had a car, I totally would have driven down there. And it was like these little concerts and they were tweeting about it. And like, they were all, everyone oh, was like hanging so cool. out and like having a party like before and after the concert. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I had a uh-huh. car, I wish I could have been there. Oh, that would have been cool. I know. That was like us. There was a little concert for Walk the Moon, actually. And it was a little teeny tiny venue. And it would have been so cool for us to go. And the tickets were super cheap and we just didn't. And I really regret that now because that would have been so cool. Oh. Yeah, we got we got distracted. We were going to One Direction. And then we forgot. We forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen to you. Um, okay, so then Tweet of the Week. Um, sort of going along with the theme of this episode, which I didn't really plan to do, um, but my tweet comes from Niall. Very important message here and all for a good cause. Please watch the video and share. And he linked Hozier's video to Cherry Wine um, and used the hashtag face up to domestic violence. Um, and it'll take you to, the link will take you to a video of um, Hozier's song and the the music video that goes along with the song is really, really good. Um, and it, it sends a really important message. And again, Hozier is one of those people that is really conscious of social issues and really wants to make a difference with his music. Um, and I like that Niall tweeted this. Um, so just definitely go watch that music video, um, and, and retweet it and do whatever you can to, to make, these things known because domestic violence is a huge thing and it's one of those things that not many people talk about and don't want to talk about um and i think talking about diana this this week definitely that it's it's relatable to the song so yeah yeah when i saw that i was definitely like props to niall for Mm -hmm. talking about it yeah okay my tweet of the week comes from Gemma, who is harry's sister and she tweeted cat has new has two new bathroom themed games this week one shredding toilet rolls two throwing things down the toilet and then she tweeted a follow-up this morning i woke up to find a shredded toilet roll down the toilet (laughs) she is a menace and must be stopped and that just it makes me so happy because here in college i don't have a cat and so like i live vicariously through Gemma's snapchat with her cat and everything Uh and it just it warms my heart same. I love all her tweets and snaps about her cat and her Instagram. Yeah. It's just all her cat. And her cat's called Olivia, which I, just reminds me of the song. Yeah. And I love the song. I can't so. not listen. To, I can't listen to that song now and not think about them singing to a cat. Like that's that's all I picture. And the music sounds like it would be like a cat like making mischief and like I know. playing around. So <laughs> it all just goes. Alright, and then um my tweet of the week is from Johanna Deacon, who is Louie's mom. Um, and she said, missing my two boys in America, XX. And she was talking about um, Louie and Freddie, which I just think is really sweet and adorable. <laughs> it really is. And do you think, are those the X's that she used? Or did you no, type that in where did. one she was capital one and one X wasn't? One little X, which is just also really cute. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I, know. I wish she could go be with them. You know, you want them to be there all together. But... I love that. And they've been tweeting about Freddie a lot, which I like, because I like to keep updated with their lives, you know? And as long as it's, like, on Twitter, it's, it's free game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so. think, like, they shouldn't feel pressured to, like, talk about it and talk about him, because he's, you know, it's their son, and they, like, gotta have some level of privacy. But I love that they're willing to right, kind of share right. things, because I like to know, and he's, and it's it's great. Exactly. 
we don't have pets yet. We don't have babies yet. You know, all these things. They need to keep us updated on them. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So question of the week. Uh, this week, we have a couple of different ones. What song from Made in the AM do you think deserves recognition at the Grammys? Or what song would you like the boys to perform at the Grammys? Um, are just, you know, two questions which I would like to get answered, even though it doesn't have to do with, like, the Diana. You can definitely write in about Diana and what Diana means to you. Um, but these questions are a little bit more specific about that. Um, but feel free to talk about anything else that we've mentioned on the show or your opinions on what we've talked about. Or if you have a story about what Diana means to you or news stories you've seen that we haven't discussed yet that you want us to cover on future episodes feel free to put those in. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to episode 35 of Talk Direction. Make sure to go follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr, talkdirection.tumblr.com, where we post our show notes. Um, go to our Instagram, Talk Direction, to get lots of fun pictures about One Direction related to our lives. Or you can follow us on in individually on Twitter. I'm Caitlin I.R. Foster, and that's C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And where can they find you guys? And also, Johanna, I wanted you to talk about your upcoming thing going on as well here. So go ahead with that. Yeah, so I'm starting a blog. Um, Sarah's been doing a blog for a while, and it just I, I feel like it'll be... It's something I've been thinking about doing, and I finally, it took me forever to pick a site, a URL and stuff, but I finally got that done last weekend. Um, so my website is itsjustjohanna.com, and I'll, um, I don't have anything really up on there yet. I have a little note that says I've been kind of busy in school, but I plan to kind of start posting this weekend. Um, so if you want to know about that, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. They're um, my username for both is Johanna underscore Elise underscore. And I'll be posting when I post things on my blog and things like that. And it'll just be about, um, you know, whatever, like, stories about my life. Um, if I want to, like, put an opinion out there and talk about something or if I read a fun article and things like that. So just whatever. And then also, um, I've been into YouTube for a really long time, like three years now. And um, I know Sarah's starting her YouTube channel. So eventually, once I get the blog set up and things, I'm also going to start doing YouTube videos under the same name. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll see what those turn into. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, so just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> this is so exciting. Yeah, and we'll post all the links to this stuff as well. Um, and I'm sure I'll be retweeting and whatever. Um, so you guys can find it on our Twitter as well. But yeah, definitely go follow that. And Sarah, what do you have to plug? Um, okay, you can follow my personal Twitter at Sarah underscore Marie underscore 67. Um, you can follow my blog on Twitter, which is at the underscore CC underscore unicorn. You can go read my blog at um, thecottoncandyunicorn.com. And then my YouTube channel is just the Cotton Candy Unicorn on YouTube. Yeah, so make sure you go check all that, that stuff out and leave comments and likes and whatnot because that's always fun. Um, I know just like getting feedback for Talk Direction is so amazing when you guys write in or, or write comments in, on iTunes and whatnot. It just makes me feel so good. So definitely check out their stuff because they're really cool. And they've agreed to come on last minute and that just makes them even cooler. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but make sure also to go over to iTunes and rate and review us and subscribe so you can get new episodes every week. And or you can go to SoundCloud and follow us there. So if you're not an iTunes user, you can also get the episodes um, every week. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Sarah. And I'm Johanna. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 36. Bye!